the morning, afternoon, evening, night, whatever time it might be. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Show Show Podcast presented by TheSwaffReport.com. I'm your host, Jonathan Goto, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. Before we jump into it, I have a correction to make from last week. Uh, I always say, you know, if you feel like I'm wrong about something or overly critical about something or don't like the way I'm covering somebody or or something, no matter if you're a player, coach, parent, fan, etc., etc., feel free to reach out to me. Uh, Amante Davis reached out to me last week in reference of me saying he got cooked. He pointed out to me some things in coverage that I was not able to see on the webcast. I informed him I was not able to see it on the webcast given the camera angle like I am at home because I'm in the press box and can see it the full full field. Uh, we hashed it out. Uh, you know, it, it was a it was, it was just it was simple, right? Like he had info that I didn't have. He didn't know I didn't have that info, right? We was able to hash it out. Monday and I are cool. So if that ever happens, like I always say, feel free to reach out to me. The contact info is always below. You can always DM me, send me an email, whatever it might it might be. Uh, but I'm I'm more than I'm more than happy to talk it talk it talk it through. And if if I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong, like I am here. So just wanted to go ahead and issue that that statement now. In regards to what happened yesterday, right, I think I speak for everybody that was there, that watched online, uh, right, it was a deep exhale. I think that's the the best way we can describe that. Uh, It was a big exhale at the post-game talking to players and coaches, right, that's what it was. It was a big sigh of relief because... As we stated, this was a must-win game. If we want to keep both hopes alive, I think that's that goes without without saying at this point because we had three losses. The most we can most I've seen you so get into a bowl in my time covering is four. Right, they had five last year, didn't get in. Kearney did at seven and four. So we knew we 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 knew this had to be a win. Okay, we knew this had to be a win. Uh, not only for that. But I just thought for the morale of the team, right? Because, you know, you go out there, you had a tough loss to Missouri Western. You had a tough loss to Emporia. And uh, it, it can get kind of tough to keep fighting, keep keep practicing every day, giving it your all, and you're not seeing the results on the scoreboard, right? So it was very critical that UCO won this game. I said it was a must-win game. Uh, I said it'd be a very tough game. That's a very good uh, Missouri Southern team there. And I was talking talking to Lane post-game. We'll have post-game from Lane. Uh, J.K. Moore came in Bradford. The hero of the day, Nikki Covado and Raekwon Wicks. Again, that will be at the end of the episode there. We also had the video of those will be up at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time on the YouTube channel. The link for that is also below in the, in the description. Uh, I was talking to Lane, and it, it's funny because back when he was a freshman, Missouri Southern was was a really bad football team. We're talking about the level of, I mean, they were better than Lincoln and Northeastern State, but not by a whole lot. I mean, they still were one of the worst teams in the conference. You could also say this back in 2018, UCO beat them in Joplin, 31 nothing, and we were mad that it was only 31 to nothing. So. 
that just tells you how far that program's come. I have great respect for Coach Bradley in that program. I, I think more people around the conference do. And I, I again, any week that they're not playing, uh, UCO, I am a Missouri Southern Lions fan. I, I'm wishing them the best of luck the rest of the season. I just, I always share for people that build the program the right way. Uh, and and I'm, I really I really was impressed by how his team plays right because we said they're not flashy, but they're efficient. They want long, sustained drives, right? They kind of want to frustrate you. They want to limit possessions. Uh, they, they, they want you to have to get out of what you do. Uh, and fortunately for UCL, right, offensively, we were able to carry the momentum from the past two and a half games. Uh, and, and I, I saw we did, we did really well there. Steph got the start, um, really the ankle injury he suffered at the end of Missouri Western was still bothering him against Emporia. That's why we saw Dawson got a hurl. Steph came out, was very efficient. I think he was 13 or 15. He had a touchdown pass, 70 something yards rushing. I think he might've had a hundred, but because of the. It wasn't even a sack. I think he he tripped a few times. I think there was one sack, uh, but because of the you know the, that that counts against the rush yardage. Uh, but but again though, I, the offense was very very good. Trayvon Wolford just different cat. Another hundred yard two score game. Right, Terrell Davis. We got to give a shout out there to uh, to uh, Terrell Davis. First on a fantastic season, you know, when I caught up with Col- with uh, receivers coach James Curley after the game, that's the first thing he he mentioned to me about how pleased he was uh, of the season that Terrell's having right there. Got his first career touchdown. You don't know how happy I was. He finally got in the paint. <laughs> like, I haven't been this happy that, a, that somebody scored a touchdown since Seymour Daniels. Because, like, he's been so close. He was so close. A few times last year, and then obviously against Missouri Western, right? He had the touchdown that was called back. I just was like, we got to get this man in the end zone. Fortunately, that happened yesterday, so I'm I'm really happy for for Terrell again. You know how I was when he came out of Choctaw. Uh, I thought we did good there. Oscar Hammond, again, one of the best tight ends in the in the country. Showing why I had two really, really big catches. He should have drawn a minimum, minimum whole, uh, defensive holding call. It probably for the passing affairs. The refs threw the flag, then picked it up. This is like the second home game in a row. But like we've got shafting on bad calls. We like, like come on now. We the home team supposed to get the benefit of the doubt on the calls. Uh, but I, I was pleased there. The offensive line, I thought, again, fantastic job. The the first the first drive was looking kind of shaky. Not gonna lie there, but after that, they really settled down. Um, like I said, I, there's only one sack allowed because Steph tri- tripped the, on the other two negative plays there. Uh, I was very pleased there. Was able to convert. I think the majority of the third and shorts. Uh, we in the running game. I know obviously it doesn't take much with with Trayvon there, but Jalen Cottrell, uh, this is his most action the whole season, right? We know he got hurt early on there in the Kearney game. Had two really good runs. Uh, he was effective. Andrew Carney had a big fullback dive. Uh, Peyton Scott, shout out to man P. Scotty had a big third down catch on that final drive. By the way, 
Uh, we just can't underestimate how how clutch that that catch was there. Uh, that must be too. I'm very happy for these for the for the seniors, uh, Steph Lane, Peyton, Marlowe, Mike Pope, uh, Zion, and Calvin Hutchings. They're getting the uh, getting their um, Indolin Buckhine, I guess. I don't know how that's going right now. If we're going to try to get a medical redshirt or not. Regardless, though, shout out to those guys winning their final homecoming game. Uh, so far, they've won their final home opener and homecoming game. Now we can just win our senior night. That would be fantastic. Uh, they can get the clean sweep there in that uh, in that, in that uh, uh, area. So, um, but yeah, no, I was, I was definitely, I was pleased, I was pleased there, I was pleased with the play calling. Um, again, we came out opening it up, right? Like I, this is just, I'm glad this is how we're trending upward. I think we had with a 400 yards offense again. I said we should minimum get 350 and 28 points again. The offense had 30 points. Uh, uh, Nicky Covello, he came up, he came up clutch, right? We know he's had, kind of had an inconsistent season so far, right? We know he was an All-American last year. Uh, he hit the game when he field goal. Uh, we caught up to him, Pope, uh, Pope was the game, he kind of explained he wasn't nervous. Just given the distance of the kick and the fact that if he didn't hit it, right, we go to overtime. And I think there hasn't been an overtime game since 2014, which is what I was told, which kind of surprising there's been a lot of close games um so but he 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 did come up come up big right you go back to that current game i think he missed two yeah what from like in the 35 yard range right so uh, i was glad for nicky i'm glad that it, that he had that that moment there i hope this is this is a springboard right into a strong finish to the season uh, we didn't see David Vargas at punter. I'm not entirely sure what was going on there. I know he was still the holder. They had the freshman Grayson Miller. He had a fantastic punt, by the way. We have that in the highlights. Um, you know, so I, I was I was pleased there. I was pleased pleased by the offensive line. I thought the secondary was better. There are they mainly used three corners. There's J.K who told me uh, after the game that Cass, he broke his thumb, but he said this is the last game in the cast. Uh, there was Amante, those two started, and then they rotated in uh, Cam Manahan, the talented true freshman out of uh, Lubbock, Texas. I, it was much improved. I say there was still, and Amante even told, even told me this post game right, there was a few where he did get beat. Uh, I thought overall, though, it was better than we saw last week. Um, I, there was two, two deep shots for sure. Uh, there was one, and I, again, I just, I, and I saw him playing as day. I Kobe just got to be, I don't, I just don't know what is going on. There. Like, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. What is going on in that regard? I stand by what I said last week. It just seems like he's a step behind, right? Uh, he missed several open field tackles. I don't, I just don't know what's going on there. I, I really don't. And I saw him post game. He's still in good, in good, good spirits. I just really hope we we, we get the Kobe again that we know that that we know and love. Uh, then there was one on. I think it was oh it was on Manahan. 
Uh, he did get beat probably for the first time. I feel like that when I've intently watched him, um, he did get beat there. Uh, and then there was one on. I think it might have been a Monte. If the ball was thrown the to the outside, I think the receiver catches it. He threw it to the inside, and I think it it allowed Monte to get the PBU. Uh, but still, I felt like overall, I mean, it's only the three plays I can think of, which is still three too many, right? Like, you never want any coverage bust. Uh, I saw, I felt like we was improved in that regard. Raekwon Wicks, probably best game of the season. I think he led the team with, with 11 tackles, fun around the field there. Uh, glad for Raekwon. Like, you know I'm a big Raekwon Wicks fan. He just... Glad he's been healthy so far as I knock on wood because I don't want to uh, jinx the man. Uh, I was pleased there. I was pleased with Mosley again. Um, should have had another pick. I'm not going to lie to you. Cam Manahan had a surefire pick in the end zone and just dropped it. We got, I, I, <laughs> we've, got to get, we've, got, we've got to capitalize on that. I think we have literally one, we have one interception and I can't remember if we have a home recovery. The turnover, the forced turnovers are down. I, I will, I will say that uh, the first, the forced turnovers are down. Um, but again, I thought we would, we were better there. Uh, Connor Johnson had the sack on the on the day, or you know, I think it was Zion Bell last week, right? Zion also had another fantastic pass for us on a third down, led to a J.K. Moore pass breakup. So, uh, I, again, I think defensively, we improved in some areas. I, I think the biggest, the biggest problem, the biggest problem here, all right, it was the run defense. I know Missouri Southern had at least over 160 yards rushing. We were very, we got to, we got to, we got to call it what it is. It is very bad. They were running at will of the middle. Uh, we was getting Stonewall off the line. I it was just they're running inside, outside. It didn't matter if it was Nathan Glades or the other back. I just it was it was not good. Okay, it was not good, and we we have to get that fixed because at this point, like, right, I think at this point now we we were five games in. Yeah, uh, we we have to just call it what it is at this point. That the D line is not as good as it was last year. Like we we just, we've just got we've got to say that is what it is because oh, right we're we're doing a very bad job of not defending the edge. Um, we're we're in in terms of inside runs. It seems like I don't know one in every four or five runs we actually either stopping for a loss or a minimal gain. Uh, and the majority of the time yesterday would be able to get negative runs. Usually it was due to a linebacker or safety coming in. Uh, we've got the pass rush yesterday really wasn't there unless we send pressure, right? Like, uh, we, we, we've got to get that fixed. And I, I have faith in Coach Sanders. He's, he's yet to disappoint us. Uh, but we've got, I don't know if we need. If if we've got to throw more guys out there, I don't know if I think part of it we got to figure out a way to get Noah West going. I think we we just have to figure out a way. We got to move him around. I don't know if, if we, like we can 
I don't know, take what the Steelers do with TJ Watt or Dallas does with Michael Parsons. But like we've we we've got to find a way to get Noah going because at this point, uh until that other like pass rusher emerges, right? A defense is just gonna key on Noah. And uh, we we've got we've got to get him going because he's too good of a player to to be neutralized the way that he is. That right now is my biggest concern on the defense outside of us still getting in that in the middle in the zone is still not there. Connor Johnson did get beat a few times on the on the passes. Um right, like we I, we have to tighten that up still. I it, like with I I'm not sure what we were on third downs allowed. I, f- I feel like we were under 50%. Uh, but there, there's definitely still some things to clean up there, right? Uh, we're looking at special teams. Uh, Tariq Logan, his second straight game with with the muff. Listen, at this point, we either we 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 either got to put somebody else back there, okay, or we or this man's got to learn how to field punts because we can't we can't be having this again. We had this last year; it was a problem. I thought we had that fixed this year. And, and this is back-to-back games. We had a muff punt. And the sad part is he didn't. He, he called for a fair catch. Should have let the ball bounce. If we, if we being honest here, should have let the ball bounce. He ran up to try to field it, and he muffed it. Right? Like we get, we we can't we can't have that. Right? That resulted in a field and a field goal. I think it was okay. Like that, that's three points that cost us three right 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 immediately because. It was in plus territory, and that also took away a drive that we could have scored on. So uh, we got to get that fixed. Um, kick the kick the kick return game was it was good. I mean, I, I Terrell Davis is, is looking really good back there. Um, offensively, pass game looked good. I mean, uh, we you know we're looking especially uh, Steph only missed two passes. Is very very efficient. The ground game was good. We finally broke out the wide receiver pass. It was Jacob Delso picking up the mantle from Bizel the fourth. Uh, if you recall, remember Jacob Delso was a quarterback at Omuggy and some at Shakota. So uh, glad to see we finally breaking that that out there. Um, I, mean, I don't really have any negatives from the offense. I, I, I was pleased with the play calling, pleased with the execution. Please with the the blocking, uh, I, I I really don't have much um, with the, with the offense. I mean, I you know obviously you like to score on every drive, but like I I felt for the most part, especially after that first drive, I, we really settled down. We didn't get behind the chains much. It did. There is a negative. We did have a snapping fraction on lane. At the we were at like the the one or two on fourth and goal we had to kick the field goal. Now, what what Lane Lane told me what had happened. So you know you can't like you can't pick up the ball right. It, you know you can't. It, it, when he told me he's done this before on all of those like quarterback sneak plays, he'll turn the ball and he's never gotten a flag for it until yesterday. Um, so again, it just, oh no, man, officiating has just not been on UCL's side this season. Um, 
Right. So like that that I mean, yeah, that's a gripe, even though that might not necessarily even have been the man's fault, right? Um I think we did have what do we have a holding call? You know, we might we might have had one holding call. I will say I will say I'm very pleased by the offensive line in terms of not there was I think one false start. Uh, that might have been the first false start we've had since Missouri Western. Very pleased about discipline there. Uh, very pleased, especially coming from Noah. I have to give the man credit that I told him that post game. Tremendous stretch here because we know Noah last year a, a lot of false starts, a lot of holes. We did not have that. Um, the only other real gripe I have offensively is she. Well, and maybe this is just in general, though. It's probably the worst we've seen about having some confusion. We had to burn, I think, a few timeouts. We had to burn one timeout defensively because we didn't know who was coming in and in and in and out the game, which was unfortunate because I think that just came off. I feel like there was a stoppage in play too, right? Like we can't, we really, we really can't have that. We we again, we're game. We game five, like we, we can't be wasting timeouts like that. Uh, otherwise, I was very pleased with what I what I saw. I mean, I know you're gonna you're gonna say barely won that football game, but the fact that we won the football game, right? The fact that Missouri that Missouri Southern went down there, they had a nice sustained drive, right? We had two great plays on second and third down defensively. Held them to the field goal, right? So at that point, it right like it was a it was a tie game, and we still had plenty of time. We had a long sustained drive. Got to give a shout there again, Peyton Scott, very clutch play because we were still reeling that when we had Oscar Hammond, it should have been a pass interference call. When they overturned that, I think somebody got hurt from Missouri Southern. Then when they uh, after the man walked off the field, they didn't pick the the flag up. Kind of deflated us some. We got to a third down again. Payne Scott out the backfield, fantastic run, right? And then you also have to look at the fact Madison Ridgeway it did not have a catch in the game. Had probably the biggest uh, one of the biggest plays of the game though. Drew a pass interference in the end zone and put the ball at the. Missouri shot in 13. I think we ran it one more time and we took we took knees. And fortunately for us as well, they could not ice Nikki because on I think it was that last run, one of their players' helmets came off. And if you know the rule is inside of two minutes, right? If that happens, uh there's a 10-second runoff. So they had to burn their last time out there to, as I would have just at that point, have saved the timeout and tried to ice the man. But they elected to call the timeout. I don't know if they weren't aware that that wasn't going to matter. Uh, so they could not ice Nikki. So that also was very good because obviously, you know, we called the timeout with one second left. Uh, so uh, that that also helped out, helped out, helped out too. But like to me, the, like th- what we saw right there is the mark of a good football team. Okay, th- this is what we should have been seeing out of UCO the whole season. Okay, like there's no reason why this couldn't have been, this couldn't have happened against Emporia. This couldn't have happened 
against Missouri Western, right? Like, the only loss we should have right now, if we're being honest here, is UCM. That's a very good football team. I They had a barn burner of a game against Missouri, against Northwest Missouri, okay? That team is legit. Right? That is the only team right now that UCO should have should have lost. But we should have beat Missouri Western. We should have beaten Poirier. I'm glad we won this game because, again, as a very good team, we were better than them. We finally ended a two-year skid against them. I, I just, you know, so I I, I know it, it it was it wasn't a resounding win, but it was a good win, and it's a win that we that we need, right? Because now we know we can win the close games. Now we know we can play for four quarters, right? Like, this is, again, we can really build off this now, right? Like, we kind of had some more victories before. We had some building blocks. Now we have tangible evidence we can show in the win column, be a very good football team. And 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 now we play. Honestly, we're probably playing the worst Northwest Missouri team in years. It's probably the worst in my time covering. They're sitting at at, at two or three right now. Okay, I, they 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 are they're not they're not looking good. Um, right. And again, I always said UCO the past two matchups. Well, three of the past four matchups, I felt like matched well against them. And they have won two of those four, right? Because they 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 won in twenty eighteen. I thought they matched up well. Well, then uh, twenty nineteen. I felt like we did not match up well. We lost that game by forty nine up there in Marysville. And then I said uh, in twenty twenty one, we matched up well there defensively in the trenches, and it was only ten nothing at the half in that game in Marysville. Should have been three nothing. They got a lucky uh, hail hail Mary call. But we have a really good uh, Missouri uh, Northwest Missouri de- defense. Then we got we got shut out. I think it was thirty eight nothing. Then I said last year, right? We matched up extremely well. Led the whole way. One. I feel like again, we either we're, we we are we are the better team. We are the better team. Should be a win, right? We have Coach Doral, right? He coached there for many years. Right, I think that's going to also help in that regard. Again, it's a tough place to play, right? But we've got some guys that have played there, and then we have a coach that's coached there, right? I'm not as concerned about that being an issue. I know I'm going to say we've literally won one road game so far in the Coast Doral era. Again, I understand that, but we got to look at who we played on the road last year. We gotta look at who we played on the road this year. It just has not been kind, right? It just it ha- it has not been kind to UCO in terms of the road games on the schedule, right? And, and being honest, the schedule this year has not been kind to UCO either. And we've got to take that into account too, right? It's not like that's what I said. We're, we're better than a one and three team, but if you look at who we played compared to who others have played, right? Like we've got, we probably might have had the toughest start in the conference. And I was telling Lane this after the game, right? It's like I'd rather have that now than what we had last. You recall last we got to five and two, but you got to remember outside of uh, of Emporia and Northwest, where again I felt like 
was better than right. Right, we had Fort Hayes who was injury prone and down. We had Lincoln and NSU, two of the worst teams in the, in the conference. Right, and I that mi- that might have honestly given us a false sense of confidence. And then when we had Washburn, we had Pitt State, we had Kearney, right? I think it brought us back down to reality, right? I'm looking, again, I pointed this out in the press box. A lot of people are giving me here. You're looking at that next stretch of games, right? We've got Northwest beatable. We've got homecoming. We've got Lincoln. Should be a surefire win. Northeastern State should be a surefire win. Um, you've got Fort Hayes. I think we're better than Fort Hayes still. I I know Fort Hayes is better than they were last year. I still think that we're 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 better than them. Right? We've got Wasburn for senior day. They're bad football team this year. That should be a win. We there's no reason why we can't it guarantee we should not be on a five game winning streak. Well, six game winning streak when we go to Pitt State the final game of the season. Okay, like there, there, there's a very good chance if UCO plays the way they played yesterday, we could do that, and we go into that Pitt State game pretty much all but sure we're going to a to a to a bowl game. Okay, uh, so now I've been saying there's a lot to play for. That now there's a lot to play to play for. The guys have momentum now. They're back in the win column. We have a very manageable stretch of games. And I feel like I'm glad we were tested early now because we should be able to handle these guys. We should be able to not have games go down to the wire. Hopefully, now again, this is the MIAA. It's very tough conference to play. But, like, I really feel if we get if we come out, and especially if we win next next week, we get that, we get that big road road win. That's going to do wonders as well. And I really think at that point, the sky's the limit. Okay, so Saturday, very good, much-needed win. I'm glad we got it. There's a lot of progress, um, and I, I'm looking forward to seeing how we build up this. Before we get into the recap, though, it was good to see uh, Dante McGee was there, uh, Alex Covado was there. And Josh Moore was there. It's very good to see those those guys. Always love seeing the former players. I think Mike was there too. Michael Slater. I was not able to catch up with him, but uh, it's always it's always it's always good to see those former players there. Uh, so getting into the recap here, UCL will win the toss and decided to take the ball first for the first time this season. Uh, the opening kickoff would go out of bounds, giving UCO great field position at their own 35, but would go three and out. I mean, yeah, yeah, but would go three and out, unfortunately. However, the defense would force a stop, but then Tariq Logan muffed the punt that was recovered by uh, Missouri Southern at the UCO 32-yard line, in which they actually got a touchdown. Okay, I apologize. said it was a field goal. They got a touchdown. At the 9.04 mark, making it a 7 nothing game. However, UCO did respond. We had uh, a big run by Trayvon, and then Darius Melton had a nice catch. It led to Trayvon's first touchdown run. I think that was the one in which he pretty much... <laughs> Man, shoulder check. <laughs> hey, but... 
He bounced to the outside. He shoulder-checked a poor defensive back. He shoulder-checked him so far, so hard, he went out of bounds and then lost his balance, slid, and fell down. It was, it was hilarious. Um, making it a 7-7 game at the 5-11 mark, finishing off a 7-play, 77-yard drive again. These are drives we just don't have last year. Uh, UCL would, would force a three and out, like I said, after the Zion Bell pass rush led to the uh, JK pass breakup. We had a punt down to the UCO 13. That would be the final play of note in the first quarter. Then the second quarter, UCO would finish off a promising drive that they had going to end the first. Aided by a bait, one of Oscar's two catches. And then the uh, the Delso pass on the on the reverse led to Cavero's first field goal after the aforementioned snap infraction that probably shouldn't have been a snap infraction. Being a 10-7 at the 13-12 mark. However, Missouri Southern would uh would 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 respond with a touchdown after that big pass on Manahan. Being a 14-10 at the 7-15 mark. UCO would go three and out for the first time in a few drives after Steph slipped on third down, trying to escape. Um, they they punt the ball down to the Missouri Southern 34. The defense would hold Missouri Southern to a field goal to end the half. Missouri Southern had a very long sustained drive, uh, but was able to again hold to a field goal there, making it a 17 to 10 game at the half. So at that point, I'm f- you're 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 feeling you're feeling good about where we are right there, right? Like I think that we only need only two drives that didn't end with a score. Um, I know I felt like that second quarter though, Missouri sort of really controlled the clock. I, I you know I, like that my that was my biggest concern was was that because. Uh, especially if they had score coming out of the locker room, I'm going to be kind of concerned at that point. We'll be down by two scores, especially if it was another long, sustained drive. Uh, well, the defense would force a three and out after Connor Johnson set on third down. Punt would go to the UCO 34. However, UCO would take advantage of that stomp. Aided by two big time Steph ones, uh, Trayvon found his second. Touchdown of the game in the 17-17 at the 807 mark. I will say, I will say, I give us credit. We did a better job of scoring off the stops. Right? It's kind of been a problem the past two weeks. We seem to only score will score when they score. Was able to score when they scored and when we got stops. Okay, and that's that's what winning teams do. So I was glad to see we made progress in that in that area too. Uh, Missouri Southern respond with a touchdown run. A month was called for a pass interference. Uh, it, it it didn't it didn't. I, we're just gonna tell you what it is. He, he could, again if he feels if he feels like I'm I'm talking about this wrong, you know, just tell me again. Uh, I don't know if he just lost track where it was. I saw it because the it was looked like it was going to the inside, and he I don't know if he jumped early, but he definitely was on the man's back. But the ball didn't go inside. The ball was thrown to the outside. So I was very weird. I don't know if it's miscommunication from the quarterback or what that what that was. But um, 
Yeah, that would give them a, a 15 yards which would lead to a touchdown run. At the 524 mark, beginning they 24-17 again. They ran a lot of the middle. Again, we gotta get that fixed. However, UCO would uh would uh re- respond, aided by a big staff scramble. Oscar Hammond's second big catch of the game would lead to Terrell Davis's first touchdown catch at the 314 mark, tying up at 24 apiece. Again, shout out there to TD for his first TD. Um, we gotta make that a thing. We gotta make that a thing. Listen, if I'm Terrell Davis right now, I know we in uh, NIL. My man, like, I, hey, I'm just saying, you might want to go ahead and like market that or something, my guy. I feel like there's some kind of opportunities there for TD. I don't know, TD with a TD, TD for TD. I don't, there, there's something there. There's something there. I feel like that. You could capitalize on. I would just take whatever merchandise you you decide. Send me one for the idea. It'd be cool. I just I felt there's something there. Um, then the the usual defense would would hold, uh, but the Missouri Southern punt would go to the UCO nine. That would be the final note of the third, as UCO and Missouri Southern would be in a deadlock tie. 24-24. Now, you recall last year, right? We was in a, a, instead of being tired, it was a one-score game late or early in the fourth. And then things went off the rails, right? And you go back to 2021, uh, you still had a 10-7 lead in the winning seconds of the fourth. And then we had the coverage bust. It was Dawson Hurl through the game winning, winning touchdown, right? So. This is not surprising. We were in a dogfight entering the fourth quarter, given the past two two matchups. Um, UCO would get to the Missouri Southern six, would settle for a field goal after Trayvon recovered his own fumble on third down. We ended a 27-24 game at the 10-58 mark. See, th- however, this, this is when Missouri Southern, they went on a over six-minute drive However, they had to settle for a 43-yard field goal because they had a false start and then they had a a bad pass on third. I don't think they would have got the first down regardless because of the coverage, but he threw it before the receiver was even looking. Um, So they made it a tie game again at the fourth and the one mark. So at this point, I think UCO had one timeout left. But again, it's a tie game. Right, you got four and a half minutes. All you need is a field goal, right? So, uh, what I said the press box is it'd be lovely, right? If we do what we didn't do against Missouri Western because we scored too quickly, if we could have a nice, long, sustained drive, run this clock down, get a touchdown, okay, or make it like a near extra point field goal there for Nikki. And they did exactly that because, aided by the aforementioned. Peyton Scott, third down catch, Ridgeway pass interference in the end zone. Um, UCO was able to hit a 29-yard field goal by Nicky Corvetto as time expired, giving UCO a 30-27 homecoming win over the Missouri Southern Lions going to 2-3 and three on the season. If we're looking at the numbers here, UCO, 24 first downs, 224 yards rushing at 5.7 yards a 
carry, a 216 passing, 440 yards on 56 plays. Again, that's fantastic. We need to see this game in and game out. Only two punts. Progress. That is major progress right there. Um, Looking at the third down, officially 7 of 12. That's probably the best of the season. Over 50% on third downs. 5 of 5 in the red zone. That's much better than it was last week. Only sat one time. uh, And then we were 3 of 3 on field goals. So, again, very good. I think we, we missed. We were we had two red zone trips come up, come up empty last week. So that's probably also weren't down by seven seventeen as well. Um, right. So that that's that's also good too. Uh and we did not go no, hold on, excuse me, excuse me. We were five of where we had it. we didn't even have to go for it on fourth down. So again, very, very, very good progress. Uh, for Missouri Southern, they had 23 first downs. See a buck 65 rushing and 4.6 yards of carry with three touchdowns. See, we we, we got to get that fixed because passing wise, they completed literally almost 50% of their passes. They were 16 of 30 for only a buck, a buck 80. And they're going to say Missouri Southern not a passing team. I, I, I get that. Either was Kearney, right? But like, that's the, but still though, like it, it, we have to make them pass the ball because that benefits us. We can't have almost 170 yards rushing. Um, they have 345 on 66 plays. Honestly, outside of the run, very good defensive defensive game. I mean, it's just I I know you're gonna say we allowed 27. We handed them a touchdown, so we probably defensively allowed 20. Essentially, really, we're not counting the short field. Uh, I, I, th- I thought we played. I thought we played a, probably the best defensive game since since Kearney. Um, we held them to 50 percent on third downs. Uh, we did notch a sack. Um, however, they were four or four in the red zone, uh, with two of them being field goals. Looking at the individual numbers here, Stephon Brown, 13 of 15, 196, one touchdown, long of 37. Jacob Delso, one for one for 20. Oh, yeah, I forgot Dawson did come in there on the opening drive because Steph's helmet came off. He was 0-1. I mean, you got three passers, and you were 14 of 17 for 216 and a touchdown. That's, 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 very, that's very efficient. Um, Running the ball, Trayvon Wolfork, 7, 16 carries, a buck 06, two touchdowns, long of 35, 6.6 yards a carry, only lost four yards. Trayvon Wolfork, a different cat. Uh, Staff, 15 carries, 75 yards, long of 32, five yards a carry, would have had 97 if it wasn't for the sack and the uh, trips. Then the trail four for 30, along a 12, seven and a half yards of carry. Andrew Carney, two for 16, uh, long of 15, eight yards of carry. Then receiving Terrell Davis leading the way, five catches, 91 yards, one touchdown, long of 37. Oscar Hammond, two for 62, long of 35. Darius Melton, three for 42. Long of 20, Peyton Scott, one for 15. 
long of 15, and then Jalen Cottrell, three for six, long of four. Defensively, Raekwon Wicks led the way, 11 tackles. Connor Johnson, nine tackles, one TFL, one sack. A Jack Puckett, seven. Today, right now, Jack Puckett is Dylan Hall 2.0. I said it when he signed. I, I, this, is, this is what it is. This is, this, is, this is Dylan Hall. This is Blake Barone, right? But it's better because we have him for four years. Uh, Jack Puckett, seven tackles. Zane Adams, six tackles. J.K. Moore, five tackles, three breakups. Again, just, ah, just, uh, I'm, gl- I'm glad, I'm glad. I, I'm just going to say this right now. I'm very glad him and Cayman chose to become UCO Broncos. <laughs> I, I, I said, oh, we just got to, we, 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 we got to, we got to thank, what was it, Navarro, right? We got to thank Navarro. I think that's where they're from. I, I'm, whichever Jugo they're from, I think it's Navarro. I, I could be wrong. I greatly appreciate you. Continue to do fantastic work. Uh, Jonathan Mosley, four tackles, one breakup. Grant Lohr, three tackles. Marlo Hughes, three tackles, one TFL. Noah West, three tackles, one hurry. Zion Bell, three tackles, one hurry. It, it, it's been a very good stretch of games for Zion. And I, I was able to meet his family. Punk's game is very, very nice meeting the Bell family. Uh, yeah, Zion had a very good stretch of games. I'm, I'm glad Zion, not a big Zion, Zion guy, the man's hilarious. Um, I think he has a YouTube channel too. I know mostly does. I think he does too. He does vlog and stuff uh, over there. Um, I, I, I think it's honestly, you just search Zion Bell on YouTube. I think it'll, it'll, it'll pull up. So um, yeah, give show, show him some, some love there too. A Hunter Largen, three tackles. Johnny Wilson, two tackles. Grant Hudson, two tackles, a half TFL. Calvin Hutchings, two tackles, a half TFL. Got a shout out to my man Calvin as well. Uh, constantly, constantly hyped. Also, he does a good job of the custom cleats. I know he did one for Trayvon this game, and there was somebody, it was a Somebody was last game too. Man is very, very talented. So shout out there to Calvin Hutchinson. Uh Kobe Stevens, one tackle. Kaishan, one I don't know Kaishan played. Maybe it's one of special teams. One tackle. Amante, one tackle. Uh, Reed Lindsay, one tackle. Jamori Ray, one tackle. Cam Manahan, one tackle. And two breakups again. I got a feeling he has the potential to be the best. Corner we've had since Kobe Underwood. I I, tru- I truly believe that. I truly, truly believe that. And the man finally followed me on Instagram. I appreciate it. Took long enough. I think I was following the man. I appreciate the follow back. But yeah, no, I I really feel like the sky's the limit there. Um, for 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 him. And I I like the way we're we're not throwing him out there, right? Like we're not. It'd be very easy, right? Man comes in, highly touted, three-star SEC offer, right? Throw him in there from day one. I, I'm always that. I'm never a proponent of just throwing corners and throwing quarterbacks out there before they're ready. Because that that's a confidence thing. And when your confidence gets shot, right, it's usually downhill, okay? So... I'm, I appreciate the approach that cornerback coach Kevin Neal 
Uh, defensive backs coach Adam McGuire took there, slowly easing him in there. You're right. We're seeing he's getting more reps each and every game. We saw it. This was the most snaps he's played $20 defensively, right? So I'm really glad about the way we're handling that. I have to give both those those men's credit there uh, because I feel like now we, right, they were, we were throwing out a bunch of guys early, okay, and I think now they've narrowed down on a three-man rotation at corner that I feel confident in. I feel more confident in than where we were last week, okay? So I do have to give both those men credit because there has been improvements there especially after Central Missouri, right? We know Missouri Western, right, they gave up that, that, that fourth down. But I feel like we've gotten better there, too. I have to get them. I don't want to just keep ragging on them because right, I have much respect for those guys and those guys in the, in the DB room. So I just do want to point out, though, they, they are getting better, at least in my opinion. Uh, putting the ball again, it was Grayson Miller, not David Vargas. Uh, two for 91. Long of 55, averaging 45 and a half yards a punt. Uh, one inside the 20, one of 50 or more. As so on the punt return, we had Drew Logan uh, Muff. And then on kickoff returns, TD had two for 38, long of 27. And then the field goals, uh, Nikki hit three, one from 22, one from 23, and one from 29. And then uh, kickoffs, Grayson Miller, six kickoffs, three touchbacks at 56.7 yards. So turning our attention to the two and three Northwest Missouri. Actually, no, hold, before we do that, I want to see, I want to see how long our drives were, the scoring drive. So we've got... Yeah, I mean, these are long scoring drives, too. Seven plays, 77 yards. 11 plays, 86 yards. Uh, eight plays, 66 yards. Now, we did have a four play, 70 yard, but 10 play, 85 yards, right? 10 play, 61 yards. That final drive, four, yeah, it took up four and a half minutes. So, this is just showing we don't have to necessarily be a downhill running team. They still have long sustained drives. And we be honest, we don't do this last year. Like they, we do not have drives like this 11, 10 play drive consistently like this last year. So uh, again, I just want to point that out too. Uh, much improvements offensively. You got to give the staff credit there. You got to give Coach Doyle credit on the play calling. And you got to give the players credit there for executing at a, at a, at a high level. Because they're telling you right now, this is this is a vastly different offense than what we saw against Kearney and Central Missouri. So you just have to give those those guys credit. Uh, but now again, turning our attention now to the two and three Northwest Missouri Bearcats. Now, what's making it worse is one of their wins is against Lincoln, who doesn't count in the conference standings. So they're one and three in conference right now. That's that's tough. Uh, they found themselves down 24 to 3 at the half against Central Missouri on the road. That's a, you, you had to give uh, UCM head coach Josh Emerson there a lot of credit. That's a completely different ball club than what we saw last year. Their, their, their quarterback, uh, Zebra 
was it Zabrowski? That man's the real deal. I was just gonna say that man's the real deal. They got some weapons down. That's a very good team. That probably finished second in the conference. I mean, I don't see them losing another game. I think they're better than Emporia. Emporia lost, by the way, when we look at the at the, at the scores. As I said they weren't that impressive. Um, yeah, so this is a team that could probably honestly contend for an at large playoff bid. I mean, that that's a very good team. That has a very good team. Um, but they would come back outscoring Central Missouri in the second half. 35 to 17. They scored 21 straight in the third. Uh, and then UCM was able to hold on by hair their chinny chin chin there in the fourth by scoring 17. Uh, if we're looking at the numbers. Northwest had 19 first downs, a buck 27 rushing, at 4.1 yards of carry, uh, 283 passing, also three interceptions because, of course, because there's no West Missouri, uh, 410 yards on 57 plays. They were 4-9 on third, 4-4 in the red zone. think they were sacked. Three times, um, uh, yeah, uh, they were in one-on-one on field goals. However, defensively, they allowed 35 first downs, a buck 56 rushing at 4.1 yards of carry, 412 passing with one interception. Holy, used that. this is impressive because you got to remember now, clocks don't stop on first downs. UCM ran 93 plays. Golly, that's impressive. That's really impressive. And they only punted the ball twice. That's wow. I'm telling you, that that that's a that that's a really good football team, right? That's a really good football team. Uh 568 on 93 plays. There were only 415 on third. One of three on fourth, okay. Five or seven in the red zone. Interesting. And then they were sacked six times. Okay, so. Okay, now I kind of see why the comeback there happened. Um, but, again, I mean, you're looking at Zebrakowski, 4-12, two touchdowns, despite being sacked six times. Marcellus Hawkins. 18 carries, 149 yards, two touchdowns, zero losses, zero loss yards. Arkell Smith, 10 catches, about 43, one touchdown. Jack Popsill, 10 catches, 88 yards, one touchdown. I mean, it, yeah, that that that's a that that's a heck of a football. That's a heck of a football team right there. That's a heck of a football team. Um. Oh, man, Curtis Appleton, 11 tackles. Good for the all-name team. Uh, so if we're looking, though, on the season, um, we're looking at their overall team stats, right, offensively coming in. And again, you got Lincoln, they got 59. So that also might inflate numbers. I know they had 38, too. So they had a good two-game stretch offensively. Averaging 29.4 points per game, 
Uh, they are averaging 182.4 yards a game rushing and 4.6 yards a carry. That, that concerns me. That that truly, truly, truly concerns me right now. Um, given what we've seen the past few games with the run defense. So we've got to get that fixed. Uh, passing 226 a game. Eight touchdowns to nine picks again. We if we force them to pass, we get pressure on Mike Holmes to see if we can easily win this football game. Uh 408.6 yards a game of offense. Let's see, they are 42% on third, 62% on fourth. Have been sacked eight times. Wow. That's okay. For 19 touchdowns, five or six on field goals, uh, one on one on all sides. Okay, interesting note there. <clears throat> Excuse me, 87 percent uh, in the red zone, 65 percent being touchdowns, um, and then defensively allowing only 23 points a game, only 69 yards a game rushing. Oh wow, and 25 yards a carry. Now again. Right, Lincoln is going to inflate the stats. Uh, who, who, who? Let me, let me see. I need, I need to see the schedule right quick again. Who, who only? Uh, Missouri, uh, Fort Hayes. Yeah, they haven't really played tremendous run teams. I mean, if we're being honest, like Emporia probably might have been their best run team they played part of the last week. So again, number might. Somewhat be skewed. I'm sure the defense is still stout, though. Uh, passing allowing 274 game with 10 touchdowns to four picks, allowing 343 yards of offense. Uh, see, they're allowing 34% on third, 40% on fourth. They have 12 sacks, so need the offensive line to bring the A game for sure. Continue to Positive trend we've seen. Uh, they've allowed four or six on field goals, 75% in the red zone, 50% being touchdowns. However, they've only allowed 12 trips inside the red zone. So when we get there, we've got to capitalize. And looking at the quarter by quarter breakdown, they outscoring foes in the first 28 to 23, in the second 44 to 34. In the third, 38 to 26, and then in the fourth, 37 to 32. So, again, I just, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel like, I feel like we're still better than them. Like, I get the numbers. I get the defensive numbers look daunting, right? But we look, when we say the employer, right, we looked at, we thought the offensive numbers look daunting, but again, Right, you gotta look at who they play. I'm looking Lincoln inflates a lot, right? You only allow 51 yards in that whole football game, right? They're a one of 14 on third, you know. Um, you only allow 17 to Fort Hayes, right? Like that's going to inflate the numbers. So I take that as you will. Um I mean, yeah, like I said, if you pressure Mike Honesy, I mean, that's all we need to do. Like you just, you pressure, and then all their quarterbacks. Mike Honesy has a 4-4 four four ratio. 
Um, Morton Henry has an 01 ratio. Chris Roonkey has a has a three to four ratio. Like they don't they don't scare you passing the ball. Okay, they 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 really don't scare you passing the ball. Um, I mean that it, it's it's not it's not. They don't. They literally. They literally do not scare you. Like I. This is. This is the first time I've seen a, a Northern Missouri team that 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 doesn't scare me. Um, and we'll go over the individual numbers, but like I, I, I just I, I mean I. It's not right. You've got Jay Harris a running back. He's averaging five yards a carry, hundred ten yards a game. Again, you stop the run. You can beat Northwest Missouri. That's no secret at, at this point in time. Right? The leading receiver, um, 305 for three. I mean, they, they've got, I think they still have the Iowa kid. Uh, was it Traven Alexander? Yeah, 6-2. Um, I feel like we match up well receiver-wise again like we did in terms of size. From from the guys that play right, like again, I feel like we match up well. I, I feel like I'm saying the same thing here, but we we just match up well defensively against them. So I'm not as concerned in that regard. I will say their running back Jay Harris though is six two two twelve, so we do need to make sure we tackling well, um, especially in space. Like that's. One thing that concerns me, we're looking defensively though, however, defensively is what does concern me, okay? Because Northwest still, I know they gave up a bunch of yards last week, um, but like they're still a good defensive team, um, and they still have 12 sacks, right? They've got two guys with three sacks. They've got, it appears to be a defensive lineman here. Uh, that would be a six-five, two-sixty junior Jake Fisher. He has. Oh, where is he? I just saw this man. Uh, Jake, what? Where in the? Oh, we got the wrong. Okay, here we go. Jake Fisher has thirteen tackles, seven TFLs, three sacks, two hurries. And uh, then they've got Kobe Claiborne. He wears number zero. I'm always leery of def- of defensive players that wear number zero, uh, because uh, and he's de- and he's a D de- de- a D lineman wearing zero again. Robert Fuentes wore zero. The uh, dude from Fort Hayes last year was a Jeremiah Jackson Trotter wore zero. The people wearing zero on the D line, they're probably different cats. We gotta just call it what it is. We gotta call it what it is. So Kobe Claiborne, six foot two sixty-eight sophomore. Uh he's got well what? Oh here he is. He's got eleven tackles, three TFLs, three sacks, five hurries, one forced fumble. This is a very active defense, you know, they're a big physical front. Uh the interception leader, it appears to be Trayon Jones, what what a great name! I I'm telling you, some of these names are are, are really cool. A uh, six foot one ninety. Uh so 
I mean, again, I just, I feel like we just, I, we, we, we match up well. I'm not gonna go any much further here because there's just no point. We, we, we match up well. We should beat these guys, okay? We, we really, we really should beat these guys. I couldn't tell you the last time we beat Northwest in back-to-back years. I just truly feel as if we go in there, we play the way we played yesterday. There's no reason why we can't come out that game at 500, okay? So I just would like to say if we get the run defense, we stop the run, we force Mike Hone to see the pass, we get an inkling of pass rush, we get Northwest going in the pass rush. Uh, we do, I don't know, we do we send Zion on some blitzes, Connor on some blitzes, whatever. The secondary tightens up some more. We continue to see the the uh, improvements there, right? Offensively, we do what we do, we do what we do, what we do, what we what we what we've been doing. Right? I think the key there is offensive line holds up. This will be a really big big test for the offensive line. Um, if they do that, they do that, we should come away with a, a win, um, and move to three and three on the season. So, looking at the scores from this past week, we know what happened. Northwest, know what happened to UCO. I have to, I have to give Northeastern State credit, because yeah. I came on here and said they're playing pitch State for homecoming. They probably get shut out for the fourth time in five games, and for fifty-five minutes and fifty-five seconds, that was the case. But Northeastern State, I give, I give them credit. I truly do. They <laughs> scored a touchdown with five seconds to go in the game, finishing a 12-play, 75-yard drive to avoid the shutout. I give them credit. It, and I give them credit, too. Now, and granted, Pitt State might have been sleepwalking through that game. I doubt they really were up for it. They were tight at the end of the first at zero, and then they were only up at the half, 14 nothing, only 21 to nothing entering the, the, the fourth. Uh, I mean, was I surprised? Kind of. Like, I, I was surprised to see 0 0. But, like, if you look at the numbers, though, I mean, they still at, they had 22 first downs, Northeastern States 10. I will say I was surprised they allowed Northeastern State to run for 100, over 100 yards. But again, they held them to 42 yards passing with three interceptions on 50% completion percentage. Only 155 yards allowed. Held them to 410 on third, right? I mean, like it, they, 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 they still dominated the football game. And you just, I just figured it was going to be more of an impressive domination. Um, which is what kind of surprised me. Uh, then looking, uh, Kearney beat Washburn. Washburn's a bad football team. Uh, it was only a 6-0 Kearney lead at the half. 13-7 game entering the fourth. Yeah, that's just... Washburn falls to 1-4, 0-4 in conference because their lone win was against Lincoln. Kearney only 10 first downs. Oh, that's just bad, man. Only 261 on offense. Only ran 50 plays. 
Four with twelve on third. Oh, that's that's bad, man. That's and they missed an extra point. That's that's bad. That's bad. Um, I mean, they did hold Washburn to forty-three yards rushing because they had six sacks, but they did allow three seventy-eight passing, three touchdowns. Uh, they offered only ten or twenty-one on third, two or five on fourth. Uh still, uh, that's boy. I mean, that's tough for Kearney. I, I did not expect Kearney to be this bad this year. I I really did not. Same for Wasburn. I know Wasburn did lose a lot though. Uh, James Lecter Jr. was in camp with the Giants. I think it was, or no, no, it was with Chiefs. Uh, but I, I, I did not anticipate though, Kearney being this bad. I mean, I know they're sitting at two and three, but that's that's bad though, man. That's 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 tough. That's tough in Kearney. Uh, looking at the rest of the schedule, there you you had. Missouri Western beating Emporia, who I think was ranked they were the 15, something like that. Uh, 34 to 31 down there in St. Joe's. Again, not surprised at all by that outcome. Um, because again, Emporia just did not impress me. Right? They, they really didn't impress me. UCO sort of won that, that football game. But like Missouri Western kicked a game-winning 41-yard field goal as time expired. To win the game, um, let me see. I mean, it ran for almost 250 on Emporia and six yards of carry. Had 490 on 70 plays. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's not that I, I, I They held Emporia to three of 11 on third. Like, I mean, Emporia's a good team, but they really don't. They don't do much. I mean, I, Glenn Gieson had 363, right? Billy Ross only had 69 yards. It's just, yeah, I mean, that that's probably a win you should have had last week. Uh, but, again, I, I, I think because they haven't played Pitt State yet, they'll probably lose that game. They haven't played Central Missouri yet. They'll lose that game. I see Emporia probably going 7-4 this year. Right, they just played a, a a weak early schedule, and and so they thinking that they better than than they were, and um, I think it's gonna be a tough end to the season for them. And then finally, oh poor Lincoln, you just you feel for them. they went down there to Hayes, Kansas, Fort Hayes homecoming. First, the most points I've seen Fort Hayes score since they put up 91 against Northeastern State back in 2019. Beat Lincoln 71 to 3. Uh, yes, you heard that right. 71 to 3. 30 to nothing at the end of the first quarter. 47 nothing. <laughs> That's a half. It was 68 nothing entering the fourth. Lincoln finally got on the scoreboard with a 30-yard field goal to open up the fourth quarter. Uh, I, do I want to see these numbers? Okay, it's better, right? They at least had 146 yards of offense this week. Improvements on uh, nine first downs, but two by penalties, only seven 
And then has 71 yards rushing. I give him that. 75 yards passing. Two picks, though. Let's see. They were 2 of 15 on third. That's an improvement. 101 on fourth. At least they scored in the red zone. That, that's, that's a positive. And they had two sacks in the game. I, uh, but they also missed a field goal, too. So that's... You know, you just... Tough, tough. Lead, lead, leading passer, 9 of 19, 44 yards, two picks. I just, uh, tough. Tough for Lincoln. I, I, boy, that's, well, this is the swan song that going out bad. Looking at the games this week, you got Kearney and Central Missouri. That could be a very bad football game. 1 p.m. kickoff, UCO and Northwest, 1.30. Um, okay, I thought that was 2. 1.30 p.m. kickoff in Marysville. Watching that online. Oh, Fort Hayes and Missouri Southern, 2 p.m. kickoff. That's an interesting game. I want to see how Missouri Southern responds. Okay, and I, I want to see if Fort Hayes... Um, Scored too much last week. I, I'm curious to see how that game plays out. Oh, we have the game of the week down there in Jefferson City. Northeastern State at Lincoln. I'm going to be honest with you here. I'm going to be legitimately honest with you here. This is an even matchup. This is an even matchup. I know we just saw that day Northeastern State was someone hanging in there with Pitt State. Again, Pitt State plays Emporia at home this week, so I'm sure they were looking ahead. The, I, I listen. <laughs> was it was it last? No, the 2021. They played a double overtime game down there in Jefferson City, in which Northeastern State won. I'm just gonna say right now, it could be another barn burner. And to be honest, if there wasn't a 30 minute difference in kickoff time. I watch that game. I, I would legitimately pay to watch that game. I, I this is because like I want to see. I want to see the numbers after that. Oh, I cannot wait to see that. I cannot wait to see that result. And then Missouri Western at Wasburn should be a win. So uh, again, I think UCO should be able to build off of what they were able to do Saturday. Should get a, a should should get a big road win. Move to three and three. Uh, and then again, like I said before, we have a stretch of games where we can win them all until we get to pitch day. Talk, talking to the guys, they believe it. Coaches believe it, right? That's very good. We've got tangible evidence now. We can play four quarters. We know we can we can beat a good football team. Now let's go out there and beat average football team in a tough environment. We do that, sky's the limit. So I really hope to come back on here next week, breaking down another ECO win. Um, as I mentioned before in the opener here, we've got post-game from J.K. Moore, Cameron Bradford, Lane Grantham, Raekwon Wicks, and the hero of the day, Nikki Cavado. So I'm going to go ahead and uh, turn it over to those guys now. So until next time, my name is Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later. 
Uh, I was going by University Central Oklahoma cornerback Jake here more following UCO's 30-27 uh, homecoming win over Missouri Southern. Uh, JK, it's been a tough stretch of games for you all. How were you all able to find a way to win a close one today? We all came together. It was homecoming, so we know we had to put on a bigger show. It was bigger than us at this point. So we just all put it together, all four quarters, to be honest, and come up with that win. Uh, you all you all beat a really good team out there today. What what differently were you all able to do for four quarters in this one that you haven't able to do the past handful of games? Um, really, with just opportunities. It came down opportunities. Our coach was talking about opportunistic. I think that was the word. Was, uh, really just executing on every opportunity we had. The offense did something bad. We just picked them up. Defense did something bad. Offense picked them up. So I felt like we had each other's back out there. Uh, and you, I think you had five tackles you found around there. How, how, how do you feel like you did today? My opinion, I feel like I did better. I chopped two interceptions, but I had a cast on. But yeah, it's all cool, though. Uh, uh, best order this week, though. Now, you have an excuse, right? But Cam had a picky drop. Uh, Mosey had one last picky drop. Hey, oh, we, got one, we got one pick on the season. We should have, like, four. How, 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 how can we corral some of those? Uh, to be honest, we're going to get on them jug and what what do you feel like you all have to do moving forward to continue this momentum? You play a, a good Northwest Missouri team on the road next week, a tough place to play. What do you all have to do to continue the winning ways? Consistency, for sure. Consistency, stay on track, stay focused, communication. Really, just all the person in Really, a defense team. Really get that in, uh, in order, then we're going to be a good team. All right, well, thank you, J.K. I wish you the best of luck next week. Yes, sir, thank you. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma safety Raekwon Wicks following UCO's homecoming win over Missouri Southern. Raekwon, uh, it's been a tough stretch for you all, but to get the win and then on homecoming against a 3 and one team, what does this win mean to you all? Uh, man, it means a lot, man. Uh, Coach Doyle really preached that we needed this one, man. Uh, we worked hard throughout the week. You know, we had a lot of good preparation throughout the week. You know, it came up short the last two weeks, but, man, we worked hard, really hard this week. Uh, the motto was burn the boats, man. That basically means by any means, man, that's what we did. So it came out on top. Proud of the boys. And the, the, defensively, y'all came out with a big stop before the half hold him to a field goal, and then there in the fourth holding him to a field goal. How were you all able to make that that, that stand? Man, just being but don't break, man. Hey, the goal is to keep the offense out of this out of this right here, out of the end zone, man. That's what we did. So, shit, man, don't break. Man, don't break. <laughs> and, and you had some close breakups you had. Missouri Western had one. That one last week, you had some critical tackles. How are you able to make such big plays in the clutch? Man, hey, at the end of the day, honestly, it ain't about me, man. At the end of the day, it's about the, uh, the scoreboard at the end of the game, man. All that matters is we got we came out on top and we got the win, man. So I'm just happy for the guys, man. They work really hard every week, man, for us to get this W, man. Special. And, and what, what all what do you have to feel like you all have to build on moving forward to playing a good Missouri, a Northwest Missouri team next next week? I uh, mean, we know it's going to be a hostile environment. You know they have a good crowd. Uh, again, it starts with the preparation throughout the week. So just making sure that we prepare great. Uh, and then, hey, prepare good, play good. And final question, how's the married life treating you, sir? Hey, man, married life great. My wife. <laughs> yeah, we're married, man. Wife right there, man. Wife right there, son. Life, life always good, man. Happy life, happy wife. Oh, Clyde. Happy life, happy wife. Wife right there. Wife right there. Oh, Rayquan, I appreciate it. I wish you the best of luck next week. I'm from the Central Oklahoma guard. Came in Bradford following UCO's 30-27 hunkling win over Missouri Southern. Came in offensive line looked really good today. You were able to run the ball well. Trayvon ran well. Jalen ran well. What was working for you all today? Uh, I feel like just being consistent. We was being consistent. The 
And then overall, just like these past few games, I feel like the O-line been making their calls, making their keys, doing the things that they need to do. So uh, we've been getting the blocks on backers. And like I said, making key blocks, getting to outside shoulders, doing what we need to do so Trayvon can hit those holes, man. So. And, you know, this kind of ended a skid for you all. What does this win mean and do for you all? Man, it means a lot. But like I said, over the past three weeks, it's been stressful. So I feel like this week, it was a very good week, plus it was homecoming, so I feel like the vibes are good. So overall, we just need to carry this on until next week, and I feel like we're going to do just that. And you all were able to put together four full quarters of football fight for the first time this year. Like, what, what, what was different about today and maybe the previous four games? Man, Coach Gordon was talking about being opportunistic. opportunistic. And, uh, I feel like everybody carried that on throughout practice. But like I said, these past few weeks, man, we've been having good practices. It's just some games we just fell short. But this week, we made sure we did what we need to do. And we played like it was our last game. So. Uh, and, you know, you faced a, 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 good, a good Missouri Southern team this week. You go to Northwest, they're two and three, but that's still always a big physical football team, a tough place to play. What do you all have to improve on and build on to come away with a, a win? I feel like we just need to bring more energy. As long as we bring more energy, man, I feel like, I feel like we're going to play better. And, man, the energy out here today for homecoming, man, it was just a vibe. And, man, we just playing how we supposed to be playing. So we just got to bring energy. Well, Cayman, okay, I wish you the best of luck next next week. Congratulations again. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. I'm joined by University of Oklahoma kicker Nikki Covetto, who hit the game-winning field goal to give UCO a 30-27 homecoming win. Nikki, first congratulations on the big kick. Just walk me through that, because obviously, you know, if you miss it, it's still overtime, so it's not a loss, but it's still a critical kick. So what kind of was going through your mind? Uh, the weight was going through my mind a little bit, but we got it close enough for that really didn't matter. And I'm also thinking like, it's just a kick. I've done this multiple times. I gotta trust myself. I trust who I got. My holder's good, my snapper's good. And they made it easy for me to put that through. Um, and I know like there's been some inconsistencies this season, so I know like from a confidence standpoint, were you feeling good going into that kick? Have you kind of felt good still? I know it can kind of become a mental thing at a point. Yeah, I felt good. We've had a we had a good week of practice. I did and the team did. So overall it was it was good going into it. Now I have to ask because brother was here yeah right we, we know he's one of the best best, best in school history you better than him no comment you have a game winner i think he has a game winner you know i mean i still we're coming up to him. Coming up to him. Coming up to him. Um, what, what do you feel like you have to improve on, continue to work on uh, as you progress through the season? Uh, honestly, just consistency. Just trusting my guys and be able to do the same thing over and over again. Well, thank you, Nikki. Again, congratulations. And I wish you the best of luck next week against Northwest Missouri. Thank you. I was from University of Central Oklahoma, senior center Lane Grantham following UCO's 30-27 homecoming win over Missouri Southern. First, uh, you're a senior, this is your last homecoming game. What does it mean to you to win this game? Uh, it, mean, it means everything. Um, since I got here in 2019, we haven't actually won homecoming, so this was a big deal coming in. We talked about it, just kind of where we're at in our season. This is kind of the game where we can put our foot down to be able to grow uh, the rest of the season. So it was great, it was awesome, it was a great team win. And, uh, I'm just super excited and super thrilled, obviously, that uh, we pulled it out late. So. 
And offensively, for the past two and a half games, really, you all have turned it on. 400 yards, uh, a lot of yards rushing. What has been the difference for you from the offensive line standpoint between maybe the early part of the season until this recent stretch? I think it's just confidence. And we get in practice and meetings, and we see how the guys are toting the rock. I mean, Trayvon, Carney, uh, we just got Jalen Cottrell back. We've got, obviously, Steph. Those guys are giving us confidence up front that we create the lanes, they're going to make us right. So that's been a big thing is just creating confidence between each other. And I think we're just getting uh, a lot better of a mesh together up front. We're playing a lot of ball together and we're having fun. So you can't, I mean, you mix all those things together, you can't ask for anything better. And then the pass blocking, the first drive was kind of suspect, then the re rest of the way for the most part, it was really good. What kind of did you all change from that opening drive to the rest of the game? Yeah, I mean, we, we didn't change anything up really. We just talked about, uh, the, the same stuff that we always talk about, playing You'll with your hands, not opening the door, uh, just putting a body on a body and things like that. So we really just honed in on that, uh, challenged each other, and we, we made sure that Steph had time to throw the ball and get the ball to the playmakers, uh, which we did really well today. So. And you all been close the past two weeks, the heartbreaker against Missouri Western. Obviously, you had a, a good four-quarter comeback last week, but you beat a really good Missouri Southern team. What does this win now do for you all from being so close now, knowing you can win a close game against a really good football team? Yeah, I think it just it instills more confidence. And like I said, this was a big, big game, not just because of homecoming, but for us going forward this season. Uh, just you know, finally saying no, not staying in, not staying in the in the down in the downtime. So it was just big in terms of uh, going forward season. So uh, we're really excited, and, we, and it showed us that. In the past, in the past two weeks, we've been five or six plays away from winning those games. And it's not gonna be perfect when we turn on the film, but I mean, it's gonna be a lot better, um, obviously in our favor. Uh, watch. Uh, you all play a, a, a tough Northwest Missouri team next week. You played up there before, you know the environment. Yep. What do you all have to do to come away with, with, with a win? Yeah, I think we just have to play within ourselves. Uh, Coach Doyle talks about doing your 111th all the time. And I think that's really what it comes down to. I mean, that's a great environment, a great team. Uh, obviously, they're they're very good every year, so we'll have to be on our A game. But I don't think it's going to take anything, uh, any superhero performances by any means. It's one of those things where if everyone can do their job, uh, we'll, we'll be very successful and we'll be happy uh, this time next Saturday. So. Well, and again, congratulations. I'm glad you're able to finally win a home. Didn't know it had been that long since you won a homecoming. Yeah. Uh, but I'm happy for you. I'm happy for, for the rest of the seniors there, and I'm wishing you the best of luck next week against Northwest Missouri. I appreciate it.